You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking rates and lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, everyone, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us tonight here on the Rates and Lanes podcast. I am your host, Rico Muhammad. Back in Atlanta, Georgia, my lovely daughter, Fatina, is going to be screening phone calls. So if you have a question tonight, press the number one that will get you through and we will get your call screened and we'll get you up and on board. Tonight, we will be joined by our resident mentor, Mr. Chuck Snow. It's going to kind of give us a little bit of behind the scenes of all the stuff that happened up at Matt's. If you didn't get a chance to make it over to Louisville and see the show firsthand, we're going to try to get, uh, we're going to have him as our uh, backstage correspondent, so to speak, to kind of give us a down and dirty on what all was going, some of the hits and misses that were uh, available for you there at Matt's. And also, we got a couple of other things because, like I said, he is our resident mentor. And by the way, Chuck, if you're on the line, go ahead and press number one as well so we can get you up and on board. Um, but we're going to try to get, uh, since he's our resident mentor, if you have any questions that pertain to your business on tips, strategies, tactics that you may be able to use to help you grow your business, tonight's an excellent time to get someone that has broke that is uh, kind of wearing the hat of both a broker, major broker, and also is a motor carrier and uh, that knows the ins and outs of the business and knows to give you some solid advice on some things that you could do, grow, and expand your operations. Uh, but tonight, without any further ado, we will start off as we normally do. Uh, we're going to jump right over into this week's USDA Fruit and Vegetable Report. Uh, this week, we don't have any markets that are showing any type of shortages of trucks, um, which is kind of uh, can be a good thing, but at the same time, uh, we want to we want to see those shortages so we can try to exploit some of those things. If you are working that spot market. We've got a couple of areas that are showing some slight shortages and maybe some opportunities getting ready to jump off there since we're kind of at the beginning of uh, jumping off for produce season, getting close, getting real close. Uh, so those areas that have slight shortages, Central and South Florida, starting us out with slight shortages in Eastern North Carolina. Slight shortages are being shown in eastern North Carolina. Some areas that you might want to avoid or if you're going to go into those areas, make sure that you are getting an adequate rate to take care of you coming out of those areas. Take your backhaul with you is what we always like to say here on the Race and Lane Show. Those areas are Minnesota, North, North Dakota, Red River Valley, Columbia Basin, Washington, in Yakima Valley and Winchy District, Washington. Uh, those areas have a slight surplus of trucks in those areas. And the area that you may want to outright avoid, but if you can't avoid it, make sure you get a King's Ransom to go in there. San Luis Valley, Colorado, they have an outright surplus of trucks in the area right now. So, with that said, we will try to get up a link to this uh, fruit and vegetable report from USDA for this week up on the Rates and Lanes Facebook page for you to go over there and check it out if you want to see it in more in-depth. There's a lot more information on this report that we really don't delve into here on the Rates and Lanes podcast. Um, but if, if at your leisure, if you've got the time to sit around and you want to dig into it, you know, it, it's some really great information that you can try to glean from here. thing that you have to be careful of, uh, I, I try to warn everyone of, is they do have rate information on this report, but that rate information is not has no way of being thoroughly vetted. So, therefore, um, the rates that you will see on there will be super astronomically higher than what uh, is the reality for the case. Uh, and also, there is a phone number on this report. If you got questions, this 
you're not quite sure about something, you can call up to Washington, D.C. and get someone on, on the phone, and they will walk you through a couple of things on this report uh, if you want more, much more in-depth information than what we actually go into here on the Race and Lanes podcast. Moving right along, jumping over, shifting gears to the DAT trend lines report for this week. Um, we have low fuel surge charges causing dips in all sectors, vans, reefers, and flatbeds. So from March 19th through March 25th, trucks were ready to go. After the winter storm from a couple of weeks ago, it cleared out. So even though volumes picked up on many of the top van lanes, there were enough capacity to keep rates from rising, low fuel surcharge prices, uh, low, I'm sorry, excuse me, Low fuel surcharges caused the national average for vans and reefers to dip by one cent per mile. The national average flatbed rate rose by one cent. So let's jump into the U.S. van demand and capacity report for this week. As soon as my computer decides it wants to work with us and not against us, we'll get that or another report up. Okay, here we go. Nationally, for March 28th, March 12th through the 18th, nationally low postings increased less than 1% last week, while truck postings increased 6%. That caused the load-to-truck ratio to fall 6% from 3.4 down to 3.2 loads per truck. The national average van rate lost $0.01 cents per mile last week. Fuel dropped by 0.4% for a national average of $2.53 per gallon for diesel. Let's take a look at the U.S. van rates for this week, March 19th through the 25th. Spot market van rate dipped $0.01 cents per mile due to an increase in the fuel surcharge. I mean, excuse me, due to a decrease in the fuel surcharge. The national average was $1.63 per mile on the spot market for dry vans. Outbound rates fell in Allentown, PA, Charlotte, but prices increased in the Dallas and Chicago markets. Taking a look around the country for dry vans on the spot market, starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States, we have Philadelphia, Pennsylvania checking in, showing average spot market rates of $1.63 per mile Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, we have Atlanta, Georgia checking in, showing average spot market rates for dry vans of $1.91 per mile. Moving up into the Midwest, Chicago, Illinois is the representative city leading the packs at a strong $1.94 per mile on the spot market for dry vans. Moving down into the south-central portion of the United States, we have Dallas, Texas checking in, showing average spot rates at $1.56 for dry vans. And rounding out the report, coming out of the city of Angels, Los Angeles, California, too shabby. Uh, dry van spot market rates coming out of Los Angeles at $1.83 per mile. Jumping over, switching segments into the U.S. flatbed demand and capacity report for March 19th through the 25th. After seven straight weeks of a climbing load-to-truck ratio for flatbeds, last week the ratio dipped slightly. Last week, flatbed loads postings declined by 1%, and truck postings increased by 3%, which caused the load-to-truck ratio to dip 4% to 35.8 loads per truck. The national average of flatbed rate increased compared to the previous week. Now, 35.8 loads per truck is still a very, very strong market for flatbeds, and that's pretty much all across the country. All of the markets seem to be showing some pretty good strength for flatbeds. So I, I guess all of the skateboarders out there, you guys are uh, kind of happy right now. So let's look and see how the flatbed rates were performing over the previous week. Flatbed demand dipped slightly last week, but it remained very strong 
Last week, the national average flatbed rate increased one cent per mile to $2.02 per mile. Let's take a look around the country to see how that bears out. Starting out in the eastern portion of the United States, Harrisburg, PA, checks in, showing a very strong $2.99 per mile on the spot market for flatbeds. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, Atlanta, Georgia, also showing very strong spot market rates for flatbeds at $2.22 per mile. Moving up into the midwestern portion of the United States, Rock Island, Illinois, showing an also really strong $2.34 per mile on the spot market for flatbeds coming out of Rock Island. Moving down into the south-central portion of the United States, Houston, Texas, checking in. Once again, very strong averages, $2.13 per mile coming out of Houston, Texas. Coming, wrapping up the report, moving out west, Phoenix, Arizona, and this is where the average takes a little bit of a hit, dropping down to an average of $1.71 per mile for flatbeds. But like I was saying earlier, very strong markets all across the country for flatbedders. Uh, you know, it's, it's hopefully you guys are taking full advantage of that and getting. Let's move on over and talk about the segment that is kind of near and dear to my heart. The refrigerated reefer division, the National Reefer Demand and Capacity Report. For March 19th through the 25th, reefer load postings held steady compared to the previous week. While truck postings increased 5%, that caused the load-to-truck ratio to decline by 4% down to 6.3 loads per truck. The national average spot market rate for reefers fell last week compared to the previous week. Let's take a look at how those rates were performing over the week of March 19th through the 25th. Decline in fuel surcharge caused the national average reefer rate to dip by one cent down to an average of $1.86 per mile. Reefer rates increased in Dallas and Denver, but they fell in Philadelphia. Taking a look around the country in the spot markets, Elizabeth, New Jersey checks in showing average rates for reefers at $1.67 per mile. Moving down into Lakeland, Florida, the southeastern portion of the United States, we have rates coming out of there showing at $1.36 per mile. Moving up into the Midwest, Green Bay, Wisconsin, always a strong market for reefers coming out showing spot market rates at $2.64 per mile. Moving down into the south-central portion of the United States, McAllen, Texas, checking in, showing an average spot market reefer rate of $2.01 per mile. And moving out west to Fresno, California, wrapping up the report at uh, $1.80 per mile on average. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is wrapping up this week's DAT trend lines report. And now we're going to jump into the segment of the show that seems to get longer. I know we missed last week, so don't worry. I'm going to go back and get all of the guys that we missed to catch you guys up on the bad broker report. Um, Hopefully, we'll start to see some of this stuff easing up. But uh, last week, we're going to go all the way back to, uh, since we missed last week, we're going to go all the way back and make sure that you guys got the got the people that you need to be aware of. Starting out this week, Easy Logistics LLC, Easy Trucking LLC. That MC number is 74877. They are showing over $10,000 in non-payment complaints. Moving on to the next one on the Bad Broker Report, the next entry, Lodestar Systems, Inc. MC number is 858-626. Their trust fund has been canceled. They show over $25,000 in non-payment complaints. Arrow Logistics, LLC. 
MC number 689-363. They're showing over $26,000 in non-payment complaints. Forward Freight Solutions, LLC. MC number is 912-282. Over $12,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. T&B Logistics. MC number 960-098. FMCSA shows that the trust fund canceled on 3-15-17. Over $55,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. American Optimized Logistics Solutions Group, Inc. That was a mouthful. MC number 578-607. Over $3,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. James Klein Transportation Services, LLC, MC number 321492. Over $3,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Dash Logistics, MC number is 899-982. Over $11,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Canning Logistics Services, LLC. MC number is 671-340. FMCSA shows surety bond counseled on 226. Over $17,000 in non-payment complaints. Pro-Alliance Network, Inc. MC number is 995 803, trust fund is canceled. Over $54,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Uh, Also, special note that there has been a notice of nearly $1 million in in unpaid carrier invoices. Pro-Alliance Network is considered a very extreme risk. JNC Transportation Corporation, MC number 582574. FMCSA shows trust fund is scheduled for cancellation on 42217. Over $7,000 in non payment complaints have been reported. And that, ladies and gentlemen, catches us up. And uh, please, please. By all means, make sure you're doing all of your checks and balances before you haul these loads. We would hate for you to be caught up into any of that uh, madness with uh, not being able to get paid for what your work that you've already put in. Uh, And with that being said, we're waiting on Mr. Chuck to pop up. So, Chuck, if you're on the line, press the number one so we can get you up and on board so we can see you on on the call screen. And I think that's him. Let's go and grab him real quick. Is that you, Chuck? You got him, Rico. All righty. I thought that number looked halfway familiar. <laughs> Just depends How whether I phone you from the house or the office. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing this evening? We're all doing well. How about you, buddy? Hey, we're hanging in there, hanging in there. And uh wanted to get a chance. We got a couple of people that's got some questions. Uh, but we're going to come to you just in a second here, Robert. I see you. I want to let you know that we do see you. And uh, But, Chuck, I wanted to get a chance, to before we got too far involved, for you to uh, kind of give us the back the, the back uh, page pass on what happened uh, up at Matt's last week. You know, it was a uh, it was a good show as always, but I really think they, uh, as I blogged about, I think they missed the mark. Uh, there just wasn't enough there for education for everybody. There's so much going on in our industry, and the the small handful of seminars they had uh, they had offered to everybody just weren't enough. Uh, my gosh, there was enough people there uh, attending the show, and I think that. Right now, I think we're all hungry for education, and I think we all need to learn what's going on. We have, you know, the LDs coming in now. I did attend a seminar um, put on by the FMCSA on FL on ELDs uh, that was somewhat informative. Uh, they did a great presentation. 
they clarified some things because there's an awful lot of uh, misconceptions about it, and and I don't think anybody has it a hundred percent yet, um, unless you're on them a hundred percent yourself. And uh, Kevin Rutherford put on a really good seminar on how to uh, basically on how to deal with freight brokers. I thought he gave an excellent uh, seminar that was sponsored by Internet Truck Stop. Uh, but there just wasn't enough information there. Um, it was an awful lot of same old, same old. And as you know, uh, every two years now, some of the big uh, truck manufacturers are not showing up. And even this year with, I think, three of the big guys there, there were still some empty booths, which I've never seen before. You know, they've had a waiting list to exhibit at that show for years because the show is the biggest one in the world, and it's also, um, it's been around for about 45 years. So I really think that it's got to get a little bit more relevant. It, it's a good show. Um, there were a lot of interesting things. You know, there's a lot of snake oil salespeople there as well, but there's a lot of great stuff to buy, you know, depending on, um, you know, depending on what part of the industry you're from, there, there was something for everyone. Uh, one of the highlights of, uh, of the trip, of course, is meeting everyone. I also, I got to meet uh, Ruth Ann Fruhoff of the Fruhoff family. And she's, you know, she's trucking royalty as far as I'm concerned. And a very interesting woman who got, uh, she got acquainted with the industry by going through her late mother's belongings and found a bunch of her dad's business notes. She was never, her dad had passed away quite young, and she was never really familiar with the family business. And she has gotten involved with um, the Fruhoff Historical Society as well. The brand name of Fruhoff Trailer is up and running again, and they're making them in down in Mexico. And they had one of their trailers there. Looked like a uh, looked like a well built trailer. We've run uh, Fruhoff trailers here at Traffic through the years, and they were always good trailers. That we never had a problem with them or structural. Um, so they're back and running. It was a good show, and of course, lots of fancy iron in the parking lot. Uh, you know, if you like fancy iron, my God, I've never seen so many great trucks. Uh, it was you know that's certainly enjoyable. Uh, one of the things that I almost had to laugh about was there, there's so much pressure now to take everybody else out of the box. Uh, there were so many people there offering uh, a variety of services to so you didn't have to do this or you didn't have to deal with brokers, go direct. Um, and I kind of wonder about some of those things. There was one vendor there. And, and this was interesting. I was standing beside a couple of young guys and she said, what my service does is we'll show you what rates are from anywhere you want. Uh, and we'll show you the rates that the brokers are getting. And I said to her, well, how do you do that? How do you get that information? And she's, oh, no, no, that's proprietary. So these two young guys were standing next to me. They went through the whole thing. And, and to be honest with you, uh, they were asking about rates for produce coming out of California, going somewhere in the Midwest. It could have been Minnesota or Wisconsin. And whether the rates were right or wrong, I don't know. But I then questioned her on two rates where I really knew the numbers. And they were both way off. And I and I called her out on it. So, you know what? Buyer beware. Um, you know, some of the products and services there are wonderful. And some aren't. Certainly, there was an awful lot of activity in, um, you know, in the jobs market. Not as much as normal, uh, which was surprising. There were probably less trucking companies there looking to hire um, drivers than what normally appears there. But nonetheless, there was a fair bit of it. But all in all, it's a good show. I just think that those guys need to probably take a look at their show the people that manage it and see how to make it a little better. I don't think that they can keep running on their past. Right, right. You gotta, you gotta kind of bring something new and and refreshing to the industry, and you know, just keep on with the same old hat and, and the same old dog and pony show, 
it 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 will uh you know um people will start to lose interest and you'll start to lose your crowd. And and I agree. I think that more and more of the public is trying to the the, the trucking public is trying to get a little bit more educated. The, the unfortunate part about it is that we, there are a ton of people that are preying on the ignorance of the masses that don't understand. You know, uh, you know. I kind of remember thinking back. You know, not trying to pick on anybody, but I know uh, a couple of weeks back we had a young lady that called in, and she was going to. Uh, brokering school and she said she didn't like to sell and i almost fell out of seat when she said that I, I i i was i was taken aback because that's that's going to be your life um any business period you have to sell um of course you know but but with that being said i don't want to i don't want to drag out and belabor the point i, I want to get to a couple of callers uh so ladies and gentlemen now is your time if you got any questions for chuck chuck snow or myself if you got if you want any pointers from Chuck that can kind of help you grow your business. It's an excellent time to get in. Let's pick his brain. Let's get all the knowledge out of him that we possibly can. And uh, without any further ado, Robert is first up. Let's go and grab Robert. Robert, how are you how doing you tonight? You're on live with Rico and Chuck. How you guys doing? We're good, well. good. Yourself? I'm doing okay. Shut down for the night finally over in Connecticut. Oh, you lucky guy. But, yeah, right. I hate Connecticut. No parking and very few and far in between. Yeah, I know. But uh, I actually called because I am interested in learning about authorities. Okay. I've been leased to a company now for almost four years. Right. And I don't. I feel like I'm getting the rotten end of the stick, so to speak. Um, I had to fight for even an $800 paycheck every week. And oh, I'm you're okay. my, my own authority. All right, let me ask you a question, uh, Robert. Um, is the reason you're, why are you fighting for a paycheck? Is it because the company isn't solvent or you're not doing a lot of work? Um, kind of both. Um, more or less, uh, I'm getting paid a flat rate at uh, 90 cents a mile, which really isn't much in all honesty. Um, considering that I still have to pay for fuel and insurance and blah, 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 blah. But, uh, the same company offered me like an 80, 20 split. If I got my own authority. Now I've talked to two people that have done that over here at the company I'm with and they love it. They said they'd never go back. But let me ask you a question though, Robert, before we, if they can't afford to pay the, the $800, um, and you said you think part of it could be cash flow, then why all of a sudden can they pay the uh, the eighty percent split? I what makes their cash flow good all of a sudden? That's what I want to know. Um, we do have some some higher end customers, some some higher end freight. Uh, I, I've never actually had a chance to look at our actual Raycons as far as loads are concerned, but I do know that the majority of our freight is. When it comes out of our warehouse, it's right around two plus dollars a mile. That's and, damn good. Uh, I, I just want to—I want to—I want to I wanna, I wanna interject just for a quick second, Robert. It, I mean, just—just just say that real slow to yourself. If they're not paying you really all that great as a as an IC, but then they want you to get your own authority, and then all of a sudden things are going to get better. That dog don't hunt for me. Um, well, I, no, I, I might would be looking. Too. I, I, I may would be considering before I would uh like we were just talking about before uh if you if you, if you got an idea of wanting to grow and um, getting your own authority is a great thing if you really if you want to grow a fleet and you've got ideas of, of expansion uh, not necessarily saying that you're trying to get to a hundred trucks or nothing like that but if but if you have goals oh, no, no. of even getting to five trucks or something like this you know some somewhere in that ballpark then getting your own authority is a great thing. Um, it, it's not such a great thing if you are in a situation where um, that you're not interested in doing that, and you really just you really just want to work for yourself and sustain yourself. I suggest people that are that 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 kind of fit their mold that they're not not really interested in the the whole growing aspect and building a business as far as uh, going out and selling and getting customers and doing all the other back office stuff that comes along with that. I suggest stay leased to a, a, a carrier that's going to provide you with a good, solid foundation 
and that, that that's going out there and has a solid freight base where you can make good money. Um, but that that would be my suggestion. Um, yeah, I was thinking that talking about. Myself, honestly, you know, yeah, there's some really good carriers out there. There's a, f- a few, but Absolutely. you know, I've I've put in my application with almost every one of them I can think of, and, and they won't accept I you. Found any catchers? No. But let me ask something: Have you got a bad driving record? No, I don't have any tickets on my on my record at all. Um, well, I don't know. There seems to be. How's your how's your how's your uh, your 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 PSP looking? That I don't know. I have never looked at it. Ah, uh, you might want to look at. You might want to take a, get a, get a chance and and uh, do some research on your CFA scores. Uh, see how you're uh, looking there because it, 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 you may not have a ticket, but if you but if you have you have you had any uh inspections, bad inspections, or anything like that. Long I've had violation. one highly bad inspection. I had one that had like a light or uh, like a light out. That was it. I've never had anything major. Hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I noted that there's not a lot of like like Chuck said. It, it, it's not that nobody. That you don't hear so much nowadays of people running around talking about a driver shortage so much, but doing some hiring. And as a matter of fact, um, you know, you might want to look into. Um, Overdrive magazine just printed out uh, um, best carriers to, to to work for, and uh, you know okay. that, that might be a good place to start. To, you know, look at go to overdrive dot com, check out their list of uh, top carriers out there that, that you know according to surveys, and that might give you a, a list of people that you can that you can look at, and uh, maybe Chuck may even have some other suggestions. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, it seems interesting in me, but I haven't. Been able to see. I haven't met anybody that's ever ever pulled for them. They're kind of like a ghost. Who is that? You know, it's something called TNA. Doesn't Trans- make a lot of sense. There's, you know, that, yeah. Uh, where are you based out of? Uh, I'm actually fixing to move to Kingman, Arizona. That's the big problem. Um, well, not really. There's carriers down in uh, out in Arizona. Um, that's not that big a problem. And how old is your truck? It's no five. Um, you know, I, that's not a problem everywhere. It is with some companies, but uh, I, as far as I know, Landstar would take you. Uh, actually, I played with Landstar, and they declined my application. Didn't tell me why. So. Okay, there may be more going on than re- what re- we know. Re- I don't know. Reapply. What I'm thinking. Yeah, reapply. Reapply. That happens a lot with Landstar. Right. Reapply. And I about Mercer, have you tried them? Mercer said I'm too overweight. They wouldn't even talk to me. You were the truck. They said the safety department wouldn't, not me. They said okay. the safety department wouldn't wouldn't accept me because I'm, I'm a bigger guy. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, that that may be a problem. Be. Yeah. You may that have may a problem be, here, okay? Yep. Uh, you may be just, they, they're figuring on liability. Um, do you ever listen to Kevin Rutherford's show? All the time. He's looking, uh, okay. Yeah. Are you listening to what he's? Are you listening to what he's telling everybody about um, about diet? Yeah, I tried every diet there is. Nothing works. You can't. I, I'm telling you right now, uh, the ketogenic. You ain't trying it if you because it does work. It's not. It's not a hard one to follow. And I don't want to beleaguer this, but. Uh, I fight a weight problem. I win it because I fight it. But my it runs in my family. My late sister died yeah, of too. one of 26, 26 years old. So I know all about it. Wow. And, yeah, I know all about it. So uh, and it's a battle that I uh, I live with. My children live with it, and they fight it, and they win it uh, through diet and exercise. And I realize uh, that the work you do, it's not easy, but people are doing it. Okay, and uh, and this is a whole for a whole other show, but uh, I think you probably need to uh, fix some things in your life, and everything else will get better. I'm not here to lecture right, you; right. I'm not Robert, here to give you business advice. But and Robert, we appreciate the phone call. We got a few callers; uh, they lining up here, so we want to try to move on. But uh, yeah, give, give those things a shot, and, and we might have to like like uh, Chuck said. You know, we got to. 
I, I'm not a small guy by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm but I'm trying every day to try and work on it and make sure that you know getting out of the truck and and you know uh, go buy you something that may be fun. Go buy you a, a, a Fitbit or watch or something like that, where you can count your steps and you know you can have a little game with it. That that little competition that you can have and get involved in if you if you are a little on, on social media with Fitbit and stuff like that. Just a couple of different suggestions. Uh, with that being said, let's go run and grab Glenn real quickly. Glenn, thanks for your patience. You're up live with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Hey, Rico. Hey, Chuck. Uh, and called in a while, and uh, just want to say hi, and uh, thanks to advice we've got from both of you. I've been having, I've had my own uh, reefer trailer for a month and a half and doing the billing, and, and I'd agree with your point to the first car about, about if uh, you don't want to grow, it's not worth it to get the authority and because like now like when i'm at a, a stop i'm i'm either doing my billing on quickbooks or calling for loads and rates and all that and if he if the guy and if he has a weight issue that's a lot of time that maybe some could be spent doing some that little exercise around the truck that you aren't spending because it's more time you're being forced to sit great point but uh yeah, but uh, that wasn't the reason I called. Uh, I was curious because uh, some uh, intermodal seems to be opening up where I live. There's a, a you know project that came out. I'm not sure if, how open it's going to be because uh, the warehousing company that's running it is tied in with one of the bigger trucking companies up there. But the question I have about intermodal is, what does it take to actually make money? At? I mean, I know you guys mentioned UIAA at a previous time, so... So if, if it, I'm going to check on that next time I'm home next week. But, uh, it seems like uh, Duluth, Minnesota. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so a question I have is, because uh, every time I see the, all these intermodal drivers, you know, uh, and, and not just in ports where it's just purely local work, but see them from Indianapolis to Chicago with the intermodal trailer, the trailers, and it seems like all their rigs, are, most of their rigs are pretty beat up. Is there just less money in it that they can't afford to maintain them, or is it solely a case that uh, you know they're getting the money and then they're, they're just uh, putting it in the pocket instead? So I'm just curious That's about a how question. Seems to <laughs> you know what? Those are the sorts of questions that Rico and I love. And you know, it's one of two things. Okay, number one, when you're doing local intermodal drayage work, you can get away with a 1947 uh, L model Mac. Uh, with retreads all around it, including on the front, probably, um, because you're running short distances. And there's no sense from a business point of view going out on short-term, any short-term runs like that, and running out and buying a 2017 Freightliner. It doesn't warrant it. Uh, so that's number one. It is uh, an awful lot of the guys can get away with old trucks, so that's who does it. That doesn't mean they're not making money, and the guys that are doing it, the shortest distances are making the most. So if you can pick up, uh, if there's a rail yard in uh, in Duluth, and you can take those trailers and deliver them 150 miles, you'll usually get paid very well for that, as a rule. Those drayage charges are huge. Okay. Yeah, because uh, that looked good. It's just where I'm seeing them, like, like, like in Chicago, I get you wouldn't buy a newer one, you know, have a newer truck. But you know, I've just seen them all on the road, and you know, they're a de- they're looks like they're a decent ways away from where a dro- a rail drop yard would be, and and they have the sleepers, so they're not, you know, they're getting home every night crew. Yeah. Well, no. Just, the thing though, Glenn, is an awful lot of those trucks are uh, they're decommissioned fleet trucks that maybe belong to Swift or or J.B. Hunt or Schneider or one of those organizations that ended up um, you know, on an auction line uh, 10 or 15 or 20 years ago, and they've had subsequent owners, and now all of a sudden these things are 15 or 20 years old, and they're doing their last, you know, they're doing their last turn before the scrapyard, and this is, you know, or before they get turned into a yard tractor. Um, and it's great work for them. And you don't, you know, and you don't need an expensive piece of iron to do that work. That's the beauty of it. Okay. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be checking in. I said, that's what I was curious about. Cause you know, 
because you know I've seen that, and then you hear people talking about some of them beat up, and like a lot of the ones who are at some of the ports where you know they're talking about how much time. I mean, Duluth isn't that; it's not that big of a yard, so I'm not worried about being like the next Long Beach where they're standing, sitting hours in line, and not making money, and where they're trying to unionize and, and get treated as employees. So I was just curious about you guys' perspective on it. It's I'm, I'm it's something I'll definitely look into when. When I'm home a little more too, because I mean, it just came in my local newspaper actually while I was on the road, and I just see it online. So, well, I think it's well worth uh, going over there and doing some snooping. And if they're just talking about doing it now, you be the first guy there and start doing your snooping around and find out who the who the person in charge is, and and start making some calls and sending emails and some introductions and and get in there if you have to and put your Sunday best on. And go and introduce yourself and bring the guy a cup of coffee. You never know. All right. Hey, appreciate you guys' thoughts. No problem. Thanks for calling. Thanks for the call. Let's move on and grab Benjamin. Benjamin, you're up live with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good. How are you, Benjamin? Well, thanks for the call. I'm pretty good. Um, I recently got my uh, own authority, and I'm kind of like Glenn, the last guy. Um, I have dreams of growth, but um, I had thank you. I had a, a I had a couple of lease trucks and um, and I, I divested myself of that and um, I bought an old '99 and a drive in and I ran out of southwestern Missouri and um, I, I'm, this is my third week and um, I had a parcel first week. I mean, I feel pretty good about it. I'm making oh probably 35 to 40 cents more a mile than what I would be making with the carrier that I was leased to before which to me is worth it. Um, but my big question is, is um, I'm such a rookie at uh, the load boards. Um, I, um, I'm using PowerDat, and when you click on there for a search, um, there'll be a drop-down box that's a black line across the top, and it'll, it'll, you, know, you put in your destination, and, and you put in your, your, where you are and where you're going and what you're looking for, blah, blah, blah. You can post your truck and all that. But at the upper left-hand right. corner, man, when you do one of those searches, it says best broker spot rate, and then it says best try-haul spot rate. Now, here's the million-dollar question. Out of Southwest <laughs> Missouri, what would you recommend for a good try-haul? And I've heard you talk about Memphis and Chicago before, um, and I've gotten some advice about maybe um, Detroit although I'm concerned about southbound freight out of Detroit, other than southbound thing, to Mexico. The thing about DAT power, from what I remember, when I used to run that one, mm-hmm. um, DAT power, I, I, I believe you should get some rate. You should be able to do a uh, rate matrix on, on their information. You have to go and pull um, – you have to go into an Excel format and put your cities and zip codes in to create that trial. Uh, and it, and it's supposed to go in, uh, you upload that into their system and it's supposed to go in and pull back all of the broker and contract rates, uh, for those lanes. And then I would, so, so what I would, when I was doing research using that tool, I would use that to determine my trial. I didn't really care where I went because, you know, point the truck in the direction it'll go. I, I was trying to follow the money to see, okay, historically, which one of these lanes have uh, the historical data to, to produce yeah. on a, a, a on a regular basis? So I, that's what I would use. I would go back and pull back, pull that historical data back, and those would be the lanes that I would try to focus on. And 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 I, but I wouldn't focus on them um, if I were you. And, and it's great. This it's an excellent question that you got there, because we got Chuck on the line, so he might be able to give us some different okay. pointers on this as well. But um, give me a you know, good trial, on, <laughs> on those particular, well, what I was going to say was on those particular markets where you see the, that there's opportunity in those markets. You just can't look at the rate alone. You have to also look at the, the there are enough yes, year-round freight yeah. coming out of those particular markets to, to justify mm-hmm. that. Yes. And and so the question that I will pose to Chuck to help us out with that is once those once we've identified those particular markets that we want to uh, hit. What are some good marketing ideas that we might be able to do 
because this is the thing that that, I, that a lot of people ask me about and, 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 and something that we probably need to talk about a little bit more. Instead of us always being being the one chasing and, and, and calling, what is it that you could suggest to us, Chuck, that might help us make the phone ring on our end other than posting on a load board? Well, first of all, you're going to have to, uh, to begin with, you may have to post on a load board. Uh, you may, you're going to have to make contacts with some of the local brokers. Now, Benjamin, what city are you domiciled in? Um, I'm domiciled in a little town called Aurora, Missouri. It's about 30 miles from Springfield, Missouri, and about 50 okay, miles Okay, so you're down in Springfield. Okay. Um, yes. So here's what I would do if I were, uh, first of all, um, your truck's a 99? Yes. Okay, and nothing against the 99. Um, you know, we've had them here through the years. I think we have 196 or 97 left in the fleet here. The owner-operator uh, has that truck. And there's nothing wrong with trucks of that vintage because I think they're very well built. Uh, but let's be honest with you, uh, with each other. Don't start running the thing to Detroit because you're looking for trouble because you're doing yeah. more miles. <laughs> Okay, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with going to Detroit, but let's look at a really good, successful uh, business plan for your business. If it was me and I was in your shoes, I would look for, first of all, since you live near Springfield, I would go over to Springfield and find out who all of the load brokers are. Okay. And I would call them and I would go and see them. And go and bring, okay. make some appointments, go drop by, bring them a cup of coffee, bring them a donut. Uh, whatever, get some business cards printed, and then I may do uh -huh. the same thing in St. Louis. And I would probably work uh -huh. between Springfield and St. Louis because those are two big areas that will both have decent freight in that area. And if you just uh -huh. ran that corridor, I think you could have a good business and, and you'd have a manageable business. And that's how you could, uh -huh. if you make those people know who you are. And when you say you're going to be there at nine o'clock to load, you are there at nine o'clock. Give them uh -huh. every reason in the world to call you and not put freight on the load boards. You know what happens in this business? The, the real good freight never sees never a load board. Yeah, That's right. Exactly. Because the brokers don't want 600 calls. Number one, number two, the brokers have relationships with people like you and you need to become one of those people that brokers want to deal with. So many uh, carriers make the mistake and they go, it's just another stinking, you know, broker. Um, they're just taking my money. And I got to tell you, I wear two hats and I take offense to that. I'm wearing both hats because the the broker, number one, owns the relationship, and he's the guy that's spending the money on sales and marketing. And if he's a good yes. broker and he's a reputable broker, mm -hmm. he is going to pay you for doing that work, whether he gets paid or not. And if he's a reputable broker that is working for large companies, he sometimes doesn't get paid for 60, 90, and 120, and even 180 days. But he's going to pay you right away, or he's going to pay you within 30 days. Those are all the things that all these uh, Uber freights and, uh, and all the rest of them, um, all of these self-propelled brokerage services that they, they were trying to do over at, um, in Louisville, that's the one thing they forget. And it's the relationship. And, you know, I can honestly tell you that more and more big companies work real hard to take the relationship out of the equation. But when things right. go sideways, they always go back to the relationship. And if you want that phone to ring off the hook, you just make some friends with some good brokers, and eventually you'll meet some shippers. Um, you know, you'll be driving through a town and you'll see a, a factory or a plant. You go, geez, I'll call them. And you will become people's go-to guy. But that takes a long time. You know, it's taken me 40 years, 38 here at Traffics, to be a go-to guy for a lot of people. But to begin with, it's a real easy thing to just go, and, since you have your authority, and specialize in something. You know, maybe you want to do, I don't know what the freight is like actually between Springfield and St. Louis. I imagine there's some, but I imagine there's more from St. Louis to Springfield. 
So maybe what you need to do if you can't find enough freight from Springfield to uh, St. Louis is do some partial loads. Or you can, and I always say, you can put at least five quarters, five quarter loads on one truck. There's always a way to do it. And that's where the money is made. And the other thing you've got to remember about running local or running that lane is it'll be manageable on your logbook. Absolutely. Benjamin, we appreciate the phone call. We're going to move on and grab Brian. Brian, you're up live with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Good morning, gentlemen. Um, Morning, Brian. I uh, have had my operating authority. Yeah, I've had my uh, operating authority uh, going on 18 years. Started out as a one truck operation, and uh, slowly um, gained uh, two or three direct customers, and grew grew to a 10 truck fleet to date. And I'm starting to have complications or or kind of. Um, some issues with the customers, and it's uh, I'm to the point where I, I try to rely on the same loads every week, and and, and and I've been pretty fortunate where all these years I've kind of gotten routine freight, where every Monday this load, every Friday that load, and I've I've counted on them, and then I recruit drivers and owner operators, and we just tend to rotate the runs and uh lately i'm finding that the lanes that i've been covering for 10 years and i'm under the assumption that they are in that they are mine i take ownership into them after you do them for that long sure they're the customers are kind of they're giving them to another carrier and and I don't know. I've directly asked them, like, what what determines who gets them and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm, they they're not communicating well with me. Um, there's been some change in personnel inside the office. Some younger females, and they're not really, they we're not seeing eye to eye. And I'm wondering, is there such things as contracts? And I, you know, I I did on a few of these lanes and then the others we just kind of negotiated a price and i've done it at that rate ever since and i've gotten maybe two raises in the last five years and i'm just wondering do i need to go in and try to get them to sign something on paper that says that this lane is mine if the loads are there and and i understand that there if there's no sales there's no loads but if the loads are there, I, I I want somehow a guarantee that I that they will be on one of my trucks, or I I will have first rights at them. And is is there such a thing that exists like Brian, that? Or no, I, I, I got to tell you something. Um, it sounds like you may have one foot out the door of these three plants right now. If you pull that right now, you're going to have both feet out the door. So, yeah, uh, and I hate to be harsh with you, but I am. Um, and what's happening to you happens to a lot of us in this business, and that's why we can't – it's very, very difficult to depend on, on one or two or three customers um, because things change. And you can be the best carrier in the world, but then management changes and some – the logistics manager comes in or, or they decide that they're, you know, the company is sold and the new company has their own logistics department or they decide they're going to outsource it to one of these companies like Penske or Ryder or whoever, and, uh, and then you lose control. So my best bet to you at this point is I think what's happened here is there's probably a um, I'm going to guess there's an age difference here between yourself and the people that you're dealing with. And you used to deal with your contemporaries, and now you're dealing with much younger people. And they deal differently than you and I do because we're probably of the same vintage. Um, and I think you need to get in there and not try to get a contract. Because any of the contracts I've seen, I've only seen two really, really great contracts in my entire 42 years in this industry. Uh, the rest uh, are pretty one-sided, 
and they're not worth the paper they're written on. So the only thing you can do, the only two things you can do is, number one, I would get into those three customers, and I would be, I would do whatever it takes to become friends with those people that are doling out the freight. you got to make them love you, man. they got to love you, because uh, if they don't, that other company is going to get the rest of your lunch. And while you're doing that, I think you need to look around for other opportunities. You've been uh, thoroughly spoiled by having your business uh, really given to you by three customers. Uh, that's a great position to be in, but it's sometimes not a position where you can have longevity. You certainly won't have eternity because things change. So we always have to be hunting. I always have an expression in this company, fat cats don't hunt. And you always need to, I don't care how much business you have, you still got to look for more and you got to look for new opportunities. Just like I was talking about the truck show in uh, in Louisville, same thing. Those people need to do the same, is look for different opportunities. Right. It's a business. It's, it's just a, a the way of doing business. And I think what you should do, first of all, because you still have one foot in there, is tomorrow morning when you wake up, make three phone calls and phone those three traffic departments and make an appointment and go and see them and find out how they like their coffee and bring them coffee and donuts. Find out when their birthdays are. Find out what their kids, you know, just do whatever you can do to save those relationships. The way you dealt with the former management of those companies isn't the way you're going to deal with these people now. Trust me. Absolutely. See if you can save those. To differentiate yourself and to set yourself apart. Um, we're going to move on. Appreciate the phone call there, Brian. We've got a couple more calls. We're trying to wrap up before. I know we're going to run out of time, so let's grab Deshaun real quick. Deshaun, you're up. A couple of months ago, Rico, you mentioned a couple of bad broker or carriers. They, they're doing the same thing. I still see their trucks going down the road, Chuck. Uh, they're both out of Winnipeg. Yep. They're both affiliated, and they both owe a million, uh, lots of money, and yep. they're still running up and down the highway. And the reason they're doing that is because they're, they, they're set up in two different companies. They have their brokerage set up in one company, and they have their assets set up in another. The assets are still working. They've ripped everybody off on the brokerage end. Wow. Okay, so you understand what's going on at this point with these companies then? Certainly do, Deshaun. Okay, I was wondering why their trucks are still going down the highway. Stay away from it's them. a different company with a. It, it's all smoke and mirrors. Unfortunately, uh, it's illegal. I don't like it any more than you I, do. I thought the carrier was shut down by the FMCSA. No, obviously they haven't got to them yet. Okay, just keep an eye on it. I mean, you're the one that's got a lot of money tied into them. I've, I've informed my companies not to associate with them. We haven't done any work with either of them. We're fine. Okay, great. Okay, thank you very much. That's all I have. Thanks for calling, Deshaun. Appreciate it. Let's go and grab. Had heard from this carry in a while. George, how are you? Hey guys, how are you doing? Hey George, how's everything out there? Good uh, up in the, up in Ontario. Everything is really good. Now is things in your neck of the woods. Doing very well. You know, I um, you know, in a nutshell, Chuck, I, I I was in the host queue for a little bit, and then I heard, and then wasn't, and I uh, caught it again. But you could not have said it any better than I could have. You know, as um, for Robert there, when he made that comment that there were some new folks in the office, um, he he just hasn't been in touch with these folks enough, and he kind of lost contact, and someone else has uh gotten a hold of things and I, I can't tell you enough how much you've got to stay in front of these people, especially if you're in a generic freight market. If you're just, yeah. you know, saying, okay, I, every Monday I'm getting a St. Louis and on Fridays I get a whatever. And it's just gen, general dry freight or general reefer. You know what? It, it, it It's so easy to move and switch. And, and actually this morning, I mean, I, had this gut feeling for some reason there's one account i've been working on on the tanker side of business and wanted to call put it off put it off finally ended up calling and she goes boy you couldn't have called at a better time can you come out here we're looking to make a change and what happened 
somebody new is in charge. And they literally, um, their incumbent carrier that was in there told them today, I can't do that move. And, um, and we're talking about some dynamite stuff, dedicated logistics, using their equipment. And, um, you know, whether we can pull it off is another story. We have a lot of things to answer first. But, you, you know, that's the biggest focus for Kim and I this year is to work to build more of, okay, how do I have a team to support me? And I need to get out there and sell um, yep. just to diversify our portfolio more. Great business sense. You know, but I mean, you know, and I've said this, you know, time and time again, and people think I'm an idiot about wording it this way, but all the customer wants is to be taken care of. Just yeah. give them a piece of the peace of mind that the freight's going to be picked up, the freight's going to get delivered. If there's an issue, you're going to let them know because issues will arise. And that's all you've got to do. It really is that simple. Throw in being clean cut and presentable. The world is your, you know, for you to mold. It's your ball of wax but you know you've got to be there for them look around the the bar is just so low in this industry it's you know it's sad but you know what i'm not looking to change that side of it because it benefits me every day i hear you does well i'm glad to hear you 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 struck one there man yeah no we've we've done very well i kind of pulled the trigger last week just bought a fourth tractor and got home last night bought that out in minnesota so flew out monday and brought that home. But now, you know, it, it, that's another thing of, you know, you get the growth and things are going well and, and they still are, but it's like, okay, now you want to put a truck on, there's insurance, there's plates. You know, if people want to do this and grow, you've got to have the capital to do it. You know, yes. you just can't go there and, and say, well, I think it'll work. No, you have to believe in it. You have to have support from your family, your spouse, and you make it Very work. It, it, it is a lot of work. Um, and you got to eat and breathe it. You know, too many people don't, but I mean, That's things it. have changed very quickly in this industry. Oh yeah. They've changed so fast. You That's know, critical. but you other than that, you know, I will, uh, you can cut me loose if you want, unless you got anything, but, uh, really, you know, Rico, we, we need to catch up. I'll, um, I'll try to catch you this week. I'm going to be around until, uh, you know, next week before I go out again. Sounds good, my George, I'll be thanks for calling in because you're always such a great inspiration for us. Well, Absolutely. thank you very much. You know, I mean, it's it, it, the work's out there. Just go get it. That's right. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call there, George. And Chuck, we're not being recorded any longer, but we got a bunch of people that are still on the line that are listening to us. And uh, know that you got the new operation in Chicago. Uh, Want to tell everybody again on uh, how they might want to get hooked up with you and, and doing doing some business with traffics? Well, of course. Now, I'm going to give out my Chicago office first because if you need loads, call those guys. They're cooking with gas. You know, the place is just rocking. Um, if you speak to my Chicago dispatch office, it's 888-253-8010. Extension seven four three. That'll take you into the Chicago Logistics Center. And if you need to speak to me about anything, I do take calls, and you can reach me at. I'm going to say this first. Extension two zero three. You got to dial two zero three. Um, and the phone number here in up in Canada head office is eight hundred three eight eight four three five two. And I call everybody back. I just make that my personal mandate. Uh, you can send me an email if you want. It's real easy. It's Chuck at Traffics. That's T-R-A-F-F-I-X dot com. Uh, if you want to send me an email, I'll try to answer you via email. And sometimes the emails are, are too complicated to, to answer, and I just phone the people back. So put your phone number on there, and I will get back to you, I promise. I really appreciate the opportunity to help you. Um, we thank you, Chuck. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to come on and spend a little bit of time with us small guys out here and help uh, give us a little bit of an education, give us a little bit of uh, savviness to uh, try to expand and grow our businesses as well. Um want to thank everybody, especially you guys that are taking time out of your schedule to participate and listen. We definitely appreciate your participation and definitely appreciate you listening in. 
Uh, we want to try to get more information out to you. We're working on some different avenues to try to do that. Um, but the biggest thing that you can do to help us grow is tell a friend. Tell a friend about the show. Uh, let, let's try to get the word out there. We're going to try and expand it a little bit more and do some bigger and better things with it. Uh, but, yeah, definitely tell a friend and, and, and get some more people turned on to the show so we can try to expand this thing and make it a little bit bigger and better. want to thank, uh, definitely thank back on the home front, give a thank you to uh, my lovely daughter for screening the phone calls for us tonight. And uh, Kevin and Lisa Rutherford and the entire, the entire Left Truck team that provides us with the platform to be able to bring the show to you guys. We definitely want to give them shout-out and kudos. And we appreciate that. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, as we always say here on the Racing Lanes podcast, keep it in between the mustard and the mayonnaise, and God willing, we'll talk to you guys next week. God bless you, and good night. Be safe, everybody. Good night, Rico. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.